Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. And you're welcome back to The Last Word. Time for The Last Word on music. D-Ready is with us and Dave Hanratty from Joe.ie and host of the No Encore podcast. Good evening, folks. Good to see you all again. Ah, delighted to be here as always. We do have the sad news of the death of Olivia Newton-John to talk about and we will get to that in just a moment because we will hear uh, some of her, not just from Greece, but some of the other tracks she recorded. But let's actually do your picks of the week first. Dave, do you want to start off? Yeah, so uh, Kasabian have a new album on Friday which might come as a surprise to some people considering that they have a brand new frontman. Well, I say brand new frontman but it's actually their guitarist Serge Pizzorno who's been their chief songwriter all throughout the years. Uh, they face a lot of trouble in recent years, Kasabian, their frontman, their former frontman Tom Mahon was convicted of uh, domestic violence two years ago subsequently left the band and as a result people were like well what does this mean for Kasabian of course you know secondary victims uh, like like in in, the, in in this kind of scheme of things and all love to uh, Tom Megan's partner Vicky a- a- Agar who I believe he actually ended up marrying the following year but you know more power to her essentially Kasabian are still going they are back now and they have a new album out on Friday called The Alchemist Euphoria it sounds not remarkable but better than I was expecting and this is Chemicals let's have a listen going to stay together after what happened at Kasabian keeping the originals together is probably the best way forward but does that work? I think the fans will be accepting of it I think ultimately it's a case of I mean this album could be called Restart you know like it's a new era for the band their bread and butter is live and Serge Pizzorno was always quite a charismatic guy so was Tom Mayhem though they have to try and overcome that it's an interesting move I, there's a lot of support behind them and I think it's a case if it ain't broke don't fix it but like I say so far it's all a bit straightforward Serge is an experimental musician but so far it is a bit kind of stick to the script don't rock the boat too much and the very fact that Kasabian are still a going concern might just be enough for right now. Dee, let's go on to your choice for this week. Yeah, my uh, choice this week uh, comes with a lot less baggage. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It is the second EP from uh, the Dublin um, uh, artist called Effie. There's been two singles from it already, Lima and Kiwi. Uh, The EP is called Vitamin C. It came out last Friday. It's really, really good. Um, I'm like uh, really enjoying each and every track on it. And I think like it'll be not a long time coming before we see a full album from this artist. But the track that we've chosen to play for you this evening is Lime. Let's have a listen.
certainly lifted the mood, dear. You're moving around non-stop there. There you go. There you go. Uh, well, it's a bit it's a bit different to Kasabian. <laughs> That's fair. Like, not the world's biggest no. Kasabian fan over here, I should yeah, point out. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, look, I just, you know, I think... Um, I think there's clearly a great talent there and I'm I'm really excited to see what she what she does next. Yep. Once upon a time I'd have been a huge Killers fan, even saw them in the States ooh, 15, 16 years ago, many, many moons ago. Kind of have fallen out with kind of listening to them over more recent years. In new album out last year. We got a new song out of them today as well. We did indeed. They've just released their new song, Boy. Um, it actually they recorded it some time ago. It predates their 2021 record, um, Pressure Machine. And apparently, um, according to Brandon Flowers, it kind of helped m- inspire the material on that album. Not sure why it didn't actually make it onto the album itself. Um, but it is, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a nice track, but like, I, I don't know, much like the kind of Kasabian one, it's just, there's nothing really arresting about it to me. Let's have a listen to Boy. Thinking Neil Tennant and the Pet Shop Boys there, and a, uh, Nicholas, a texter, has sent in. Sounds very erasure, and we all just said it. Really it really does. Yeah. It really, really does. Yeah, it's like a couple of notes away from a little respect there. I mean, uh, stylistically, this probably wouldn't have fit on the Pressure Machine record because that was like, mm. like, like the kid, like, like this is obviously their their new romantic selves coming out to the fore. Pressure Machine was this kind of country album. It was a bit of journalism where Brandon Flowers was getting these old recordings from locals and just exploring the the roots where he came from. And the main reason that that album existed and something like this didn't was because of the pandemic. I mean, essentially, yeah. Brandon Flowers is one of the showmen in music and not being able to tour for two years would have hurt that band exponentially. The Killers are meant to be seen live. They were over here quite recently, of course, and that's their bread and butter. So it's not surprising for them to be like, we're back on the road now. We can play these kind of songs in front of people. Let's have a dance. They are amazing live. Like I think it was a few years ago to set it. It was at Glastonbury where they absolutely were fantastic. Yeah, they, I mean, they are an excellent festival band, actually. One of those kind of headline acts of a Saturday or a Sunday night that really just kind of brings the crowd together because they're never not enjoyable, to be fair to them. Yep. Let's move on to more sad news because it came true late yesterday evening Irish Times that Olivia Newton-John, an absolute legend. And of course, for many people, it will only have been Greece as Sandy, but she was so much more. Dee, you were a huge fan. Massive fan, yeah. I think she's one of those artists that... For me, and I suspect a lot of maybe women of my generation, she really soundtracked my childhood, um, obviously through Greece, but she was so, so much more than that. And I think it's something that we we probably didn't celebrate enough when she was still with us. Like she is, she's one of the first, to my mind, of those artists 
who was a genre hopper. Um, like she, she did kind of her career oh, pre Greece. Her was. career pre Greece. So she kind of started off doing alt folk, um, then she pivoted into country, and like just to show how unusual genre hopping was in those days when she was first nominated for a country music award other country musicians actually threatened to to revolt and they were so annoyed about it. Someone even burned an envelope on stage like it was just like, she's not country and it just goes to show. She then pivoted from that by going off and doing Greece, which is a completely different direction altogether. And then after Greece, she had this amazing career where she did, you know, Xanadu, where she's like, kind of almost doing show tune disco mixes with Gene Kelly and ELO. And then, of course, she had her like kind of rock era and she had magic, like an incredible musician because it like when you list off all those things that she managed to do and having cracking hits in each one, what a range. Yeah, and don't forget the Eurovision. She represented the UK there. I believe she finished fourth. ABBA won it that year with Waterloo, which, you know, no slouch there. I mean, like, you know, no shame in losing to ABBA at the Eurovision, I think, overall. But no, I mean, like, it's interesting. I think uh, Dee brings up a really kind of poignant point there with regards to giving someone their flowers while they're still here. Um, last night when the news broke, Twitter was alight with imagery and tributes to Olivia Newton-John. I thought John Travolta's one in particular was quite lovely. He was saying, you know, you were mine from the first time. I was yours from the first time I saw you and, you know, we will we will meet each other again someday. Um, so, and the thing about Greece, yeah, I mean, it's hard not to get pulled into the gravitational pull of that because it is such a massive cultural touchstone. Uh, many, many childhoods would have been influenced by that and, you know, generations beyond and her performance was incredible. I mean, it's, it's a very kitschy film, uh, but it is beloved and so was she. Also, you should say as well, an extremely resilient woman who did an awful lot of pioneering work for cancer awareness, like it was yep, 30, 30 years, years ago yeah. when yeah. she was diagnosed and like since then, it never stopped. I mean, I saw like a couple of headlines today, you know, like loses battle. I never like to see that. Mm. Like it's it's the wrong phraseology, I think, ultimately. This was someone who should be held aloft and championed for everything she did in the world of entertainment and outside of that world as well. We couldn't pay tribute without having a tiny little bit of Greece. And the only song that people will mostly associate with Greece. Let's have a listen. Absolutely impossible not to think of herself and John Travolta oh, dancing. Time. I think her, her her song from me for me from Greece though has to be hopelessly devoted from you. Like what a vocal performance. Um, and believe me, I know because I tried a lot as a kid to, to do that. But like she, like she was brilliant. And, and I think what's so funny as well is it's come out, you know, in some of the, of the coverage of, of her death that she was, um, nervous about taking that role because she felt that she was too old for it. Now, 29 at the time. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, putting aside the fact that she must have been the only cast member who even considered that because the like half of the Thunderbirds look like they're on their way to collect their pension. Um, but she, she like, I, I genuinely like, it's, it's very few roles like that that you genuinely couldn't imagine somebody else in it. Did it overshadow her actual music career? Was this somebody who sold 100 million records? Yeah, I think so. I mean, like it's, as Dee says, it's impossible not to kind of see like like Greece wherever you go and like all the photographs as well you'll see on most entertainment websites today. It's usually a shot of her in that film um, and that's the interesting thing about something that really kind of pierces into the zeitgeist to such a degree because it's, do you celebrate it? Do you say, well, this is incredible and no one else has this? Or do you say, well, I've got so much more. I, I, I am an artist and I've done all these different genre hopping things and they're not being as celebrated. You can't control that. You can't control mm. the public reaction to a genuine phenomenon. And people, to be fair to Grease fans, they adore that film. Like, unironically, they love it. Every year at Christmas, you'll she, sit down and watch it. She's almost like the perfect example of, you know, the way people always cut off that quote, Jack of all trades, master of one. But it's actually Jack of all trades, master of one, but oftentimes better than a master of one. I think the fact that she did so many things and was so good at them all means that we do forget. Yep. Let's have a listen to another one of the tracks here that we've picked out. It's physical. Just tell us about this one. Uh, yeah, physical was kind of, um, it would have been 80s, wasn't it? Yeah. So this was like post Grace. It's like Greece. It's probably. I'd say one of her biggest her b- biggest successes in terms of radio play but like you just you can't not think of the music video for it. Yeah, let's have a listen. John, just 73, 30 years battling cancer, raising a huge amount of money for charity, but the awareness of it and also managing when it came back, what is it, four or five years ago now, managing to remain upbeat. Well, yeah. This, yeah, this was the thing. I mean, you read interviews with her, like I think she it came back in 2017 when she was on a tour or about to go on tour. And again, like any interview you read with her, like it's not it's not a depression thing. It's not, you know, like it, there's no, uh, like there is optimism, but there's also just like, a, a, I guess, like a real life under the collar thing with this person who lived an incredible life, knew it and didn't want anyone in a similar position to feel, you know, vulnerable, didn't want anyone to feel other or feel, you know, like hopeless. And that carried through constantly. I think that's why an awful lot of people as well like, are genuine genuinely upset it goes beyond just your standard kind of not to use a terrible phrase like your standard celebrity death but like these things are fleeting but you know Olivia Newton-John made this colossal impact on a lot of people's lives and also like on stories we haven't seen like I mean the individual anecdotes that people will have with her that we we will never know because she was continually out there as a trailblazer in that world which can't be easy to do Okay, let's move on. Last week, D, you and I and John spent a good bit of time talking about Beyonce and the new album and the 
controversies that had arisen out of it. There was a couple. One of them, probably the lesser one, was this accusation that she had not given Khalees proper credit for sampling milkshake and now she has by removing it altogether. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not sure if it's what Khalees was actually angling for, but I have to say, I mean, I know we spoke about this last week, but, you know, it, it there was a lot of... Uh, a lot of the commentary around what had happened was landing on Beyonce's doorstep where it really shouldn't have. She had followed the proper procedures for using a sample. And if Khalees had issues with how that sample itself had originally been created, but then by all means, make that the story. Um, so she's she's gone ahead and she, I mean, like there's two ways you could take this is that she, you know, she's being supportive of Khalees by, by, by taking out the part that kind of so you, you know, get no credit whatsoever yeah, for anything. Um, but yeah, I just, I think, God, it's just one in, an, in another one. I think when you when you shine so bright and your star is so big, then everyone will be looking for an angle to get out. Because like Monica Lewinsky has, has now um, also tweeted a request for Beyonce to consider adjusting a lyric. Um, in this, in the 2013 song, uh, Partition, which references her affair with President Clinton. Now, in fairness, she responded to um, a, a news article about the lyric change in Heated, the recent one. And Monica Lewinsky is very often quite funny on social media. So she just tweeted, mm, while we're at it, hashtag partition, which is, you know, I mean, I think that's the, probably the nicest way you're going to go about that. <laughs> Dave, you're immune to the charms of this album. Yeah, I really am. I, I just don't quite get it. Um, and I have a real bugbear as well with this kind of model. Oh, this is going to cause trouble. Oh, here too. You, listen, this is why I'm here. here. So go. this is why I'm brought in today. We're going to talk about this for half an hour, I think you said. Um, I'll be gone, by the way, but you two continue at it. There's this modern rush review culture where like people will have these 10 out of 10 five-star reviews out on the morning of an album coming out. And in the case of a Beyonce, like generally critics don't get it in Well, advance, myself and Pamela it, Joyce actually waited the full day and did it in the evening. Well, Listen, I, I, Thank you very I, much. I respect the hell out of you, Dee, for doing this, because a lot of people don't do that. And essentially, I think Beyonce is a very overwhelming figure. People get very excited. There's a handful of artists who we like who have this kind of cultural hold on us. And as a result, she sneezes, and it's a 10 out of 10 album. And I'm like, eh, not for me. I, like, the songs have never... But your really... pick of the week was Kasabian. I, I didn't I, even I, like them. Pick of the week is like a newsworthy <laughs> item. It's not necessarily like my, my, my favourite thing of all time. Look at me reeling over here. This is a bad idea. The point I knew is, this was going to come up. <laughs> well, Beyonce, like, like, the songs just aren't there for me and they're there for an awful lot of people that's fine uh, as regards the whole Khalees thing um, the, it comes down to she the Neptunes like like uh, Chad Hugo and Pharrell Williams they lay claim to the Milkshake uh, song and the beat and everything that's who the beef is really kind of with and essentially I like Khalees and I feel bad for her in this kind of yeah, instance same. but technically she doesn't have a writing credit on it so what do you do with that? I mean it's it's a tricky one. Beyonce album I've, I've heard some of it it's okay but let's calm down with our 10 out of 10s everybody that's all I'm saying. Well we're going to have to bring you back in for when we have Britney and Elton John's collaboration. <laughs> yes. I mean This is the ultimate diva collaboration. It, I mean it really is right? Like the details of the project are limited uh, but the track is going to be called Hold Me Closer so I think I'm assuming that it's going to be similar to what he did with Dua Lipa in terms of repurposing one uh, kind of one or two key songs from his career. Um, no, no prizes for guessing what the one might be here, guys. Um, but um, yeah, like he, you know, I just think this is such a lovely thing about Elton John. Like he has been. The Guardian called him back in 2020 the Good Samaritan of celebrities. Like he, <laughs> he's well known for taking people under his wing, and I think he does it from from a good place. And it's nice to see him do it musically now as well.
Very briefly, 10 seconds on this. Uh, he'll do unusual collaborations from time to time. Check out his one with Fallout Boy. It's not bad. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> not bad. Not bad. That's Fallout Boy. Enough enough for Dave Manratti, D. Ready, thank you very much for joining us. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here.